Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Gerald Hernandez, and this is Drifting Pro-Am, and today's guest is Christopher Pollard of the Spec-D Drifting Series up in Canada. Um, we will get into his build, which is uh, E46, and his Pro-Am program. Um, I want to thank you to all of my sponsors, personally. We have uh, Finish Line Factory. Uh they make all the AN fittings for my vehicle, including all of my nice fuel lines, as well as we also have driftknuckles.com. They actually did my knuckles for me on the CTS, as well as a lot of my parts that were supplied by Excess Horsepower, which have you, if you've heard in a previous episode, the owner, Jan Reynolds, actually passed away in a uh, motorcycle accident, unfortunately. So I will continue to represent their band as best as I can. And most importantly, my longest sponsor, uh, VMR Wheels. Um, if you guys are looking for parts, hit up Excess Horsepower. You're looking for wheels and, you know, you need some 5x120s. They have 5x114 as well. Uh, they are predominantly like a uh, like a Euro style wheel. So you'll, you'll kind of see like their sizes and stuff like that kind of uh, favor uh european um cars so again thank you guys for listening enjoy the show hey how you doing man good how about you i am doing not too bad so i finally fixed my audio equipment so we're all good now can you hear me clear and fine and clear and all that fun stuff yeah i can hear you uh it's just playing not through my headphones right now oh that sounds like more of a uh, you problem that, uh, yeah, I'll just have to do it. All right. If you want to figure that out. There we go. You got it? I'm good now. Sweet. Here, let me load this it. I do uh, set it to the Bluetooth. Hang on. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear me good or not. I but... can hear you good. I just got to lower your volume. It's a little high. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think we're good now. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Sounds good. Uh, my name is Chris Pollard, and I'm located in edmonton alberta up in canada running in the specd pro-am series do you drive uh so i drive a e46 that's uh new to me for this year oh um, okay yeah last year i drove a 87 toyota cressida in the series sick my how'd you year. do last year <laughs> Uh, we were doing okay for the first bit, and then we had a fuel pump issue that pretty much wrote the car off, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, nice. Had a, had a crash due to the fuel pump dying. Oh, shit. Well, I had a crash yeah. due to uh, an axle breaking, and then my dumbass didn't stop because I didn't know any better. <laughs> so, wrote that car off. Trust me. Oh, it yeah. was a, e a silver E46. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, I've seen that. Your, was yours a coupe too? It was. Yeah, it was it? a coupe. Um, that's. <laughs> and now that I'm building a sedan, you know what? I'll never build another coupe again. Yeah, the sedan. My my Cressida was obviously a sedan, so that was, it was handy, in mm. some respects. It's very nice to just be able to open the back door if um, you want to do anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. For sure. I used to make my kid go jump in the back, like if I needed something done. 
<laughs> and you know, at the time he was like six and I was like, you got to turn this around. She's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, you're going to have to figure it out, man. Yeah. Like, I don't fit learn. back there. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. Um, so what, what's with the new car? What do you have done to it? Um, is there anything that you feel maybe you just didn't have time to do or you may, you know, cause I'm in the same boat right now. So I ran out of money to do certain things. So yeah. we're just going with it. So is there anything that, what, if you want to go to get into what actually um, done? Yeah, sure. We can get straight into the, uh, the new car there. Um, so it's a 2003 CI or that's what it started life as I got it just oh, about four months ago now with a 5.3 LS motor that was in it already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot different than it was when I picked it up. Uh, I pretty much just picked it up for the, it had the right motor and the chassis that I had decided I wanted to get into, um, after doing a lot of research after the Cressida, um, so as it stands right now, the car is 5.3 with a sloppy mechanic, sloppy stage two cam. It's just, it's a pretty like mild, slightly aggressive cam. Um, and I just recently put a Bytech ultimate kit on it. So that's like a intake manifold, throttle body, standalone ECU harness, the whole kind of deal, which mm-hmm. is actually a really nice kit. Yeah. Um, and made it up to that, which is pretty awesome as a four speed dog box, of course. So that's a Tex racing T one one a, yeah, I got lucky with that one. Yeah. I remember you were talking about a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to talk about that a bit later. You're, you're doing it right. I think like if you don't quite have the money for a dog box now to go with like a at super t10 or whatever and or then a muncie upgrade later mm-hmm. if you yeah, know you're gonna muncie, go for a what, dog box the, like if your end goal yeah but any I, of any of those like four speed frame kind of gm board warner mm-hmm. boxes and from my understanding yeah. that the uh like a lot of the sequentials bolt in the same way even to the same yeah. um the same yeah, bell yeah. housing and the same um yeah it, it uses that same four bolt bolt pattern so you can use the same clutch with most of them too as long as you have the right uh input shaft the same spline as whatever your clutch is right and and what a lot of people don't know is like so i have the muncie and i have the m20 so it's called the wide ratio and if you look them up like side by side to the t56 um their gear ratios are like very minimal off yeah like it's they're very very similar yeah yeah, no, the, the four speed, a lot of it is just kind of, you just end up with a one to one. So it's basically like fourth, fourth gear, probably in the mm-hmm. T56 or something like that. Well, yeah. So, fourth gear in the T56 is one to one. Yeah. So it's, it's the exact same. The, the first three gears are very comparable depending. I mean, in the, in the dog box world, you can get pretty much whatever gear ratio you want and just drop the gears in. Yeah. Um, and even with like your your Muncie stuff, it's probably similar. Are there um, there are other options. I just haven't really looked into them because I believe yeah. once you change them, you got to change the. Um, can't think of the damn name right now. Is it the idler? Not the idler. Might be. Whatever. Uh, you change the gear on the main yeah. shaft, but they need to change uh, the idler. Is it called the idler gear? Oh, okay. 
I don't I'm know not called. sure. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have to yeah, change so, your uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways, um, other than that, the car would actually... Uh, so I ran that motor show demo that Bernstad was talking about mm-hmm. last week. Oh, nice. Um, so I ran in that demo. We had the car, or I had the car together just barely in time for that mm-hmm. enough. And then uh, I decided the car didn't have enough cooling. So we basically cut the whole front end off and we're just about done tubing it now and putting a, a big rat in it. Oh, in um, the front still? Yeah. Yeah. I was having... decided to keep it in the front for simplicity. Yeah, you know, I was I was having a lot of issues with mine in the front, and I wasn't having any issues until they made me um, put a uh, reservoir tank. Oh, okay, so like a uh, I used to have expansion a, tank. Yeah, I used to have a sealed system, which okay. is which is kind of you know it's have you, if any fucking truck motor like yeah five point three camera they come with sealed systems. So I used to have a sealed system, and they're like, oh well, you need to um you need to have a, a reservoir mm-hmm. tank because if not expansion you, tank expansion tank well no they actually made me add a reservoir i had um okay i kind of had like a swirl pot expansion tank type deal yeah um yeah. and they were just like that's not good enough because you know when that gets hot you're just that um that radiator cap is just blowing right back into the water system mm-hmm. i was like well it's not getting hot right now so let's leave it <laughs> And it's, as yeah. soon as they told me to add it, the first event, it was hot. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah, That's so. interesting. Yeah. Right now I just have it set up as a, the cap just goes into like an overflow tank and yeah. that's it. So yeah, that's what I, I didn't know. Hopefully that'll work. But cause you know, it has like the um, steam ports on top. Yeah. I ran, I teed it into that. Oh, okay. So yeah. Well, yours was a closed, closed system then pretty much. Yeah, so it was. It could overpressure in theory. Yeah, that's that, that's what their argument was. Yeah, yeah. Which, if it never gets to the point of steaming or turning into like a vapor, then you're fine. But if yeah. it gets hot, then it can pop. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, as far as the so it has an angle kit. The car, it's a FDF fab or FDF race shop mm-hmm. angle kit on there, which is actually super awesome it drives really nice um i don't have a whole lot of cars to compare it to like in in my past i had a really crappy 240 that had a 1j that never ran very good and then the cressida was my next car up which also had an angle kit mm-hmm. um this is a more serious chassis though for sure than the last one um it just everything about the bmw chassis is really uh pretty good in my opinion um it's there a really, aren't really any yeah, there aren't really any pitfalls to it for me, anyways. Uh, uh, as I, far as like a performance. What do you, What do you have for like setup? Your Your bushings for the um the rear trailing arms. Do you have stock? <laughs> they're uh, no, no, no. They, why, why yeah, they everything in the back end's been replaced too. So the uh, the rear trailing arm bushings are now spherical bearing, and okay. I popped out the the one outer bushing on the trailing arm okay like kind of near the back where the hub is i popped out the one that tends to be really like have a lot of play in it and put in some uh, white line bushings and then i've got wise fab upper and lower arms oh, on the okay. car right now and then, so it's uh super super handy for dialing in the alignment that's really easy in the rear so like yeah even like when i had mine i still had the stock bushings which is kind of yeah 
that's a one yeah. thing you have to change pretty much if you put any power into the car. Yeah, and I was still yeah. running. I think I was still like a quarter inch toe out in the rear. Yeah, and no as matter- soon as you squatted, the bushings would like push in, and you probably had toe in. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. It, my car squatted a yeah. lot, so that's probably why I was able to get some, you know, some decent grip in it. But yeah, could have got more. Yeah, so I, I ended up going with uh, Feel coilovers too. So they're the 441 pluses with Swift Springs, uh, like custom sprung and valve for my motor setup and everything. Which which, uh, uh, which is? Sorry? What, what is your spring rates? I remember mine were, I think, 9K up front and 4K in the rear. Yeah, mine are a little higher in the front. I think I'm running a 12. I don't really remember. I kind of just left it up to them. I'm like, this is the car. And they kind of asked me a little bit about my driving. And then they're like, okay, these are what we'll do. Uh, I think I have a 5K in the back, though. Okay. I think yeah. it's a 5K in the back and true coilover as well. Yeah, that's what I also went the same route. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's a lot of people who are, like, totally against going true coilover in the rear on that car for whatever reason. It depends. And I don't I, know. When I I just did it for simplicity. Yeah. I don't want to deal with anything Yeah, else. for me Just too. Just fucking put I, it in and it's it, I don't have to worry about it. It's way easier to dial in your alignment if mm-hmm. you get the upper and lower arms that are adjustable. So that's the reason I went to do it or I went like true coil over. Yeah. Um and also just going like after looking into, you know, multiple companies, going with feel, it seemed like a lot of guys are like, "Yeah, I bought the coil overs once and I was happy with them and everything's awesome." So I don't have to change anything. So yeah, I, I, went I mean, if way. I want to change a spring later on, that's okay. But right now, I mean, at the demo, the car had so much grip. It was ridiculous. Like the car won't even do a burnout right now or a brake stand. It, it just has too much grip. It just takes off. It's that unreal. Was, that was my biggest issue too with my car. Is it, uh, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't do a, a brake, uh, like a brake stand or anything. Yeah. And we have yeah, like no, a local, we have a local driver here who does them really well in the same chassis. So it was like a slap Micah? in my yeah <laughs> yeah well, he's got like 500 wheel horsepower so. <laughs> no he was even when he didn't he was still able to do that much oh okay yeah. yeah he he would do like some gnarly ass burnouts and then his car just has so much smoke for whatever reason yeah um yeah it comes down to a lot of like tires and stuff like that yeah for how much smoke and whatever i know that the zestinos that i run are pretty awesome i'm a Zestino sponsored driver as well. Not not quite to the extent of John there, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I know, right? Yeah, no, yeah, no. John John's awesome, but uh, yeah, no. The the Zestinos are a great tire from what I've experienced, anyways, compared to a few other ones I've run. But as far as like just making smoke and lasting a fair while. And uh, how long have you been driving altogether? Like, when did you first get into drifting? You want to get so, touch base on that a little bit. Two years ago would be, so 2017, I had my first, like, proper drift cart. Well, it wasn't even proper. It was a crappy 240 um, that had, su- it was super rusty, uh, like, through the frame rails pretty much. Uh, it had a Jay-Z in it, but the wiring was really, really janky on that car, and I was trying to go through it, trying to go through it. And after a couple of months, I kind of just was fed up with the car. So I ended up buying the Cressida, which popped up at that time. Um, so got rid of the 240, got the Cressida. Um, and that car, when I got it, was pretty well set up. 
like coilovers, cage, uh, angle kit, and some modifications in the rear end to maintain zero camber um, for tire wear and grip. Um, but as far as like bushings and stuff like that, that was kind of the pitfall of that car. There was, there's not a whole lot of options for the MX-73 for aftermarket bushings. And that car had like a ton of play in the subframe and, uh, actually in the steering rack too, as I found out later, but yeah, no, I've been drifting for two years. The first year, this will be my third, I guess. First year, just kind of going out to Castrol for uh, Thursday night drift practice in the summer, pretty much every week. We just have a night that the skid pads open for drifting on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so just going out there and learning, um, kind of feeling it out. Uh, I guess like further back than that, my, some of my friends in high school had, uh, so I went out with them a few times. I'm sorry. Like, okay, what? You kind of, this is pretty bit. sweet. Is yeah. Some of your friends. Uh, so back in yeah, back in high school, some of my friends had drift cars that went to Castrol as well. Um, just like amateur level for sure. Just kind of like a few practices here and there. Uh huh. So after going out with them, that introduced me to the sport, anyways, and I was kind of hooked right off the bat. I've uh, ridden quad like ATVs. And stuff like that a lot throughout mm-hmm. my childhood. Yeah, um, we've always had ATVs and stuff. So motors and like boats and stuff like that have kind of always been around. So I kind of decided that drifting was what I wanted to get into. But for the time being, then didn't really have the funds to pursue it. So uh, went went through university and after that decided to finally get into it properly. Nice. Um, you know what? You need. I'm... Yeah. So. Uh, Go ahead. It'll uh, it'll probably come up anyway. So I, I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, okay. Went to school for that. Uh, nice. Straight out of high school, pretty much, and about I think in my last year was when, or just before my last year started, I bought a drift car. Okay. Um, and that was your two forty, right? Good. That was the 240, and that same summer, just a couple months later, I ended up kind of swapping that for the Cressida, or you know, buying the Cressida and, and selling the 240. And, and then what made you just out of curiosity? Because from my understand, like the way uh, um, I was explained to me is that those things are like cheating. Um, what made you go from a 240 to a Cressida, of all things? Because from my understanding, I've also heard that the Cressida is like a very hard car to drive. Um. So the local guy that had the car that had built it, um, he'd done pretty good in the Pro-Am series with it a few years before then. And it was a pretty well set up car. So it was a, it was a one JZ with a single turbo kit from drift motion on it. So it probably made like 325 or 350 horsepower at the tire, maybe probably more like 300 to 325. Okay. Um, so the power was there, and after looking into it a bit, the the suspension setup on them is pretty good if you can set it up properly. If you can basically get the rear end dialed in for grip, um, or so that the camber wear isn't bad, they are they're actually pretty good. They're very comparable to a 240 to drive. Probably not as good as a 240, but um, at that point, I'd 
kind of just wanted a car that I knew was set up right because then I didn't know anywhere near as much as I do now about uh, setting up cars or anything like that. So um, I figured that one would probably be pretty decent because obviously the guy before had done well in it yeah. or done okay at least. It was definitely driftable and it ran good and I ended up getting it for a pretty good price. So that played into it as well. Um, it was kind of like a cheap way to get into pro-am if you can do that, <laughs> you know? It, whatever works. It was probably it's the so... cheapest way you could get into it, really. Yeah. That car. It, it worked out being really good for me um, as far as, like, uh, cost before, like, cost to get into it. Like, all said and done, I was into the car, like, less than 10 grand Canadian, and it was already caged and ready to go and i had like tons of drift spares and all kinds of stuff like that so um like it was it was good for for up here anyways yeah and what do you guys what's the field like out there do you guys have like super high horsepower guys or so we we have a really big spread actually in our horsepower car or like our our cars so we have some guys down in uh like the 250 to 300 wheel range uh-huh. I should, probably like I want to say four, four or five cars. At least last year, there was a car, a lot of cars in that range. Um, we definitely, I don't think we see kind of the builds that you guys have down there a lot of the time, like in Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a whole ton of dog box cars or anything like that. I don't think anybody's ever had a Winters up here. Um, Oh damn! There, there's okay. a lot of like really nice cars. Like the cars, are, the build quality is very nice on them. Just not quite that like pro two level. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of um, guys do it because they're they're planning to go pro two, and not only that, they're uh, they just want a reliable car. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and that that's honestly my my big thing with this car. I had reliability issue after reliability issue with that Cressida. Most of them I was prepared for, but the a few i wasn't so we had um i think my my count of axles and diffs last year because it was running stock axles and stock diff which the diff is pretty small and the axles are very small in that car so i think i went through seven axles and two diffs if i remember right last year damn on that cressida yeah no that thing liked to destroy axles but i was kind of on top of it with any time a, a parts car came up i'm like hey i'll take the axles you know they're pretty cheap so that's like 20 bucks an axle or whatever and damn i wish mine were that cheap them. yeah yeah i know the the beamer stuff's more expensive now but i guess ctsv but yeah, yeah. no uh you know we have a guy but over they here also don't break near as much they are, uh, what <laughs> uh, they also don't break near as much no they do uh there's a guy over <laughs> here who parts out e46s or just bmws in general and he sells axles 20 bucks a pop. Damn, that's good. Yeah, I'm running on my car. Um, it's basically a, a 330 rear end. So it's got the bit bigger axles than the like a 323 or a 325 would. Okay. Um, the, basically, the, the inboard CV is the same size, but the outboard CV, um, I think it's a 30 spline instead of a 27 or something. So it's just a little bigger. But I just ran that through 25 axles. Yeah, exactly. So those ones are good for just like 
like these ones are probably good for another 100 horsepower or something like that maybe it's hard to say i wish i would have known you know actually i only broke that one axle but that one axle cost me a whole car so uh. yeah it it happens for sure i'm uh very well versed in what a broken axle feels like now so <laughs> at least i'll know it's that pop or a bang you kind of hear in the back and then, and then you hear a little bit a of chatter and you just ignore like it yeah 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 you well can no do see i was fire like crazy i was still able to do like a full-on burnout yeah oh really okay that's weird yeah it didn't it didn't snap but it broke yeah um, okay so maybe it was like slipping or something yeah and then when i got to uh or... when i got to initiation the um the passenger side wheel wouldn't spin right yeah so yeah that'll do it for sure unfortunately well and that's the uh, ed irwindale too right so that's your outer tire that's mm, what you need (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. so because i went i went nose first into the uh into the wall and then uh because the car just gripped up in the rear yeah since i wasn't able to spin and then that was my problem so (laughs) yeah for sure so yeah, anyways, with that Cressida, we had a lot of drivetrain issues like that. Mm-hmm. The uh, the axles and diffs, for sure. And then as far as other than that, the car was pretty good. I kind of was a little careful driving that transmission because it had an R154 in it. Um, it actually had a W58 when I got the car, which is a terrible transmission for anything over like stock horsepower, which is an NA1J. <laughs> so I, I quickly put an R box into it, um, which is a lot better than a W58, but still not a great transmission. Um, they work pretty good if you have if you run like Redline MT90 is like the only oil that they like pretty much, but it's still kind of known to be sometimes a weak transmission. Um, but the motor always ran really good. It had a, like some turbo leg, of course. You didn't really have boost till 4,000 RPM, but uh, driving through stuff like that is... I, I quite enjoy driving turbo cars. They're really fun to drive. Uh-huh. But I just find that I found a few times with that car that in tandem, it's just... Um, it can be a little difficult when you're chasing someone just to keep it spooled up and going and everything, right? Like It's definitely easier to drive with an LS motor. Okay. At the end of the day, just because you have the torque at whatever uh, RPM. If you have like a really nice turbo on a turbo car, they can work really, really well. But you got to be pretty aggressive with them too, is what I found anyways. And uh, Are you an aggressive driver? Like you, like you have a pretty aggressive style or are you more like conservative? Um, yeah, I'd say it's fairly on the aggressive side. I With that Cressida, I did have to drive through quite a lot, quite a few issues with the car, just as far as like play in the subframes and stuff like that, that I was getting figured out. Um, I found out that the steering rack was actually moving about a quarter inch or a half inch each way every time you turn the wheel. So that's why the steering input wasn't very good on it at load. Uh, <laughs> so it, it you really had to drive that car hard. Um, for it to work, but it, it actually did drive pretty well, or at least I could drive it pretty well. Um, I, I would say my style is fairly aggressive though. Like I, 
tapped a couple walls last year and like I like to run up on walls when I can it's yeah I just think it's pretty fun um um... yeah and like jumping up on other drivers in tandem and stuff like that it's pretty it's pretty awesome Mm, just it's just a great feeling right yeah it's well i've never done it on the tandem part um <laughs> yeah i'd be lying if i said i did um but just being able to get like like i remember i was like a maybe like a foot away from the wall and like my buddy andrew who's actually gonna be on next week he hyped me up so fucking much about it yeah um and i was like what really and then i looked at the video and i was like oh <laughs> i was like i'm not as close <laughs> as i want to be yeah you're like oh that wasn't like fd yeah exactly thank you (laughs) yeah yeah no you can't think like that though it's totally different world it is but you still want to be able to like run a really good line and then yeah you know because at the end of the day like just because it's not fd doesn't mean like that's not what's going to um unless your specific it's what you're going for yeah Yeah. unless it's like your specific rules or be like hey you need to stay a foot off of the wall like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, the closer the wall, the closer you are, like, the deeper into the zone you are, um, you usually yeah. get rewarded handsomely unless you smash into the wall and just fuck everything Exactly. Out. Unless uh, you hit it hard enough. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. I think I did, yeah. like, one wall tap once, and I was, like, so proud. Yeah. But, go ahead. Yeah, so anyways, last year, I think we had, for most events, we had, like, a... 20 to 25 car field or something like that and last year was my first year so at round one I qualified pretty low I think I was at like 15th but I did make it into the top 16 which was awesome um lost my first battle to John actually to Bernstad um he's a really good driver is but, he now? uh oh yeah John John's awesome yeah he's a he's a good guy and an even better driver yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's he's kind of funny. He reminded me of like one of my coworkers that I get along with really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, no, he's he's great. Like even just at the track and whatnot, if you need to borrow stuff or whatever, he's super. He's awesome with that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and then at round two, we were running the the oval track that's in Wetaskiwin, which is really close to Edmonton here. Um, a small oval, which was really fun. I like I really like that track. Um, which I, I think I qualified like 10th or 11th there, which was pretty sweet. So, you know, bumped up a little bit, got a little more comfortable with the car, um, ended up making a mistake in my chase run, which put me out in top 16, but that's okay. Uh Just learning as you go. As I found out later, my clutch was also kind of dying. So, uh, that could have had a bit of role in it too. Yeah. But um, round three was the uh, the big event there where the fuel pump died. So it was, uh, round three is our fastest setup, or it was last year, probably around 120 to 130 kilometers an hour. So what is that, like 80 miles an hour or something like that, 75? Close enough. I'm not too sure, but something like that. Um into a big right-hand bank corner. Uh-huh. Um, so basically what happened is I initiated and um, the fuel pump cut out and the rear end gripped up and kind of similar to what happened to you, the front end just picked up, right? 
uh-huh. uh, the tires were at angles. So they picked up and just kind of drove me straight up off the track and the track was banked. So it banked up and then it kind of just went flat for it's probably about 10 feet between the track and a concrete wall. And it was all grass there. So you kind of like jump up off the track and you're just kind of not necessarily airborne, but there's not a lot of weight pushing you down to slow down or anything. So the front end just took straight into the wall, uh, ripped the front corner off the car, basically. The front, uh, like, it's actually, I need to go through the GoPro footage and post it because it's kind of funny. You're just watching and, you know, everything goes wrong. The car goes into the wall and then the tire is flipping in the air in front of me with the coilover just, like, spinning on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a it's a pretty entertaining watch um so yeah that's uh that car was pretty beat from that but i actually did try to get it together for round four which we did get it back together so i got a new uh coil over and i actually ended up buying a parts car just to strip what i needed off of it mm-hmm. and then we had a different weird driveline failure in the back um, during like practice at round four. So that sucked just cause it was such a, it was a huge push to kind of get the car back together enough to come out. And then it just like broke this weird intermediate shaft between the axle and the tire, um, which is just a Cressida weird setup, um, like four or five laps into practice. And it was just like no spares or anything. Couldn't, didn't really see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And then what kind of team are you set up with? Like, do you have like a spotter? Do you have someone who's changing tires? Do you have people that are working on the car? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, My girlfriend helps out a lot. She's really awesome, actually, as far as supporting me and supporting this hobby. She's insane for how much she comes out and how much she helps. Um, Like, she's got almost as many hours into the car as me with this new car um getting it all ready and set up and everything and same thing last year so she came to all the events and i have a a few friends that'll come here and there but it's mostly just her that comes out so she's uh she spots for me yeah that's when we're running and then um as far as tires go our events don't tend to consume a whole ton of tires so not really a big deal but like setting up the pits and all that sort of stuff she helps a lot for that yeah yes yeah see i don't i don't have like my girlfriend comes out um i don't like have somebody who's actively there i would say yeah i would say andrew is there that's the guest i'm gonna have on next week um right andrew is there the most and he'll kind of help but you know he'll show up he's like when i have to i'll get there for sure (laughs) he's like when's the first driver's meeting He's like, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. be late to that. Um, yeah, no, for sure. But you I know, have a few friends like that too. But he's the only person that's showing up. That. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then yeah. it's also kind of awkward. Like sometimes, um, and it's not like on a personal level, but like I do put it out there, you know, if you guys want to help, come and help. But at the same time, I'm like, fuck. Like what if some like random dude asked me if he wants to help? Um, and I mm-hmm. kind of like shy him off. Um, I, yeah. won't, I won't shy that person off at the track. But I will do it at home. Yeah. Like inviting someone to your home that you don't know, I think it's completely different. Um, but at the same time, that's what I did to Andrew. 
Um, I yeah. just asked Andrew. I was like, "Hey, do you need help?" Like, and all the the only thing he knew me from was because I bought some motor mounds off of him. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like what what got me into uh, just kind of seeing how like to run with somebody through their pro am series to see how they're doing it. Yeah. Um, but I don't yeah, know if you I, have the same thing. Uh, ideally, this year I'd like to have at least one other person out there aside from uh natty my girlfriend yeah just because then she she could stick to like strictly spotting and whoever else comes out can help set up the pits and you know change tires or whatever yeah like, pretty much anyone can change a tire it's no well most people right like it's not rocket science no but so, some people uh, will turn it into that oh for sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no ideally i'll have at least two people including her uh, this year for most of my events, which seems like should work out. Um, I met quite a few just new people to the scene last year, actually, that uh, we've kind of become good friends and helped me out with some stuff. Like one of my friends, Nathan, has helped me out. He has an E46 as well, a, uh, a 330 CI, um, which he got a cage this year, which I'm excited about. So he can come tandem with us on the pad. Oh, nice. Uh, he's going to be helping me out at some of the rounds, which is really awesome. Um, and, you know, as far as, like, people helping me out work on the car, uh, there's – we have a pretty tight group up here, really, of all the people that are into it. So uh-huh. um, a lot of those guys have come out and helped me. Uh, like, even in, like, I think January when I first got the car, maybe it was – more like February once I had uh, some parts in and stuff. But, I mean, it's like minus 20 Celsius outside, and we got the car in the garage running like a propane heater. Uh, like four or five guys come out. We, like, totally strip the front end of the car down to nothing, like motor trans out, subframe out, all the, you know, suspension and everything. Dude, I was being so it was a, pretty awesome. I was being a bitch in January because it was like, 40 degrees outside and i didn't want to go <laughs> and, yeah. that's, and that's fahrenheit by the, by the way that's fahrenheit yeah yeah so that's not even freezing no yeah yeah no we're, we're 20 degrees celsius below freezing and we're working on stuff yeah no you bundle up and wear some boots in the garage and i mean we get it pretty warm in there for the most part you get it to like you know five or ten celsius so probably about the temperature it was there yeah which <laughs> and is, uh i was like nope work away yeah, if you got coats and stuff, it's okay. You, uh, no, we man, this is SoCal. We don't do so. that shit. We don't have coats. Yeah. They don't even sell coats here. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, Fair but, but it, it's, uh, like, I hate when I hit my hands when it's cold or my ear. Uh, yeah. Um, I have, like, really bad anger issues, and then I'll just be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I got to leave. Yeah. Because if not, I'll take a bat to the whole fucking car. Like, it's, <laughs> it's bad. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, sometimes we get some really, really cold spells and it's just nasty, like minus 40, minus 45 Celsius, which I don't know what that turns into Fahrenheit, but it's really damn cold. So uh, I think we it's had like, what, about 32 degree difference, if I'm not mistaken, or. Yeah, there's some like conversion equation for it, but it's, it's like super cold. That's all you need to know. Fucking America. Um, it's probably, I think it's around minus 40 Fahrenheit. I think they convert over around there. Yeah. They, they transfer over. But yeah, it's super cold anyways and not enjoyable at all so i mean when we had almost i think it was three weeks or a month of that this winter which kind of killed me because it 
we couldn't do anything. It's a, there's the like no motivation to go it's out just there. Too and cold. Then, yeah, and if it's too and if you well, got a well, it's just too. It's literally too cold. You can't. You literally cannot work on the car when yeah. it's that cold. It's just not possible for I'm, like for the most part for anything you're going to be doing. Yeah, Even especially like, if you have if to you weld. Yeah, if you're welding or anything, forget about it. You need a heated shop in yep. the winter anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nuts. What's yeah. it like there in the summer for you guys? Uh, so the summer can be nicer. It's like, so now it's uh, about two, three weeks ago, we're probably starting to hit 10 degrees Celsius. So um, right now, I think today it was about 15 or 20. That's pretty normal for our summer. It'll be, you know, probably 25 to 30 degrees a lot of the time for so you guys don't get like a super hot setup and then you know have to go we'll get like yeah we'll get um you know probably a combined three weeks or two weeks of like plus 35 to plus 40 here which isn't which is like fucking what 80 degrees it's pretty well hot for us yeah Yeah, it's like 80 here like for us when it gets that hot it's yeah what is that like here like on the track itself um Okay, so it'll be, let's just call it, I think the hottest it was last year at any given round was like 94 degrees, and that, okay. that was at Irwindale, but on the track, it's like 120 degrees. You right. Know, it's a little hotter. Just because it's all asphalt, yeah. Yeah, and then like on, um, at we also have another track over here called Willow Springs. Over yeah, there, heard of it. it gets like to 115 degrees, I remember. Uh, maybe yeah, it's kind of exa- deserty around. Yeah, it's there, a right? desert area. Yeah. So I think I I might be over exaggerating, but I think one day when I was when I was with Andrew on one of his comp days, it was like one ten, I want to say. Yeah. And you know, but there since it's like big and open, and it's not like just asphalt everywhere; it's mostly dirt. Right. Um, it's not as hot, and it's more of like a dry heat, but it's still fucking hot, and it sucks. Oh, for sure. Okay, so 40 Celsius is 104 Fahrenheit, and 30 is 86. So we don't see a lot of over 30 degrees Celsius. So 86 is kind of maybe not our peak, but like it does get hotter, but our average is probably more around 25, which is like 77 Fahrenheit. Yeah, I can that's live probably with that our, like, all summer day. Average. That's, that's in SoCal, you wear a sweater. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no, that's like, man, when it's when it's fifteen degrees Celsius here, it's t-shirt weather. Like yeah. we almost got shorts on. That's like sixty Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that here. Now, if if, yeah. if it's sixty here, we're wearing Eskimo jackets, like for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it's always funny when we like if you have friends that go kind of to SoCal or Florida area and stuff, and they're like, everyone's wearing sweaters and stuff, and we were in t-shirts and shorts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like the Canadians. You can always spot the Canadians. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you uh, when you go into... Do you guys have qualifying up there, right? Yep. Do you kind of get into your own head during qualifying or just not even something you think about? Um, I try not to think about it for the most part. Like, I definitely get nervous. Uh-huh. Um, but honestly... Uh, writing so many university exams has kind of numbed me to the whole like nervous about a test which qualifying kind of is right so i've gotten pretty good at uh like putting that anxiety down you know or not not getting worked up about it Mm -hmm. so i i do okay like i definitely get nervous and i get anxious but 
like once you're once you're kind of in the burnout box you're in it like i it all kind of goes away for me yeah same here yeah yeah as soon as i do yeah. like, as soon as i enter the burnout box i'm like yeah i'm more worried about like what's up with the car oh for sure yeah so me too <laughs> that's that's always what i was worried about last year oh is this thing gonna break when i drop the clutch after like, the ev- like eventually we beat the yeah. shit out of these things they're gonna break at yeah. some point yeah. No matter how much preventive maintenance you do to it, I don't care who you are. Um, oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, they're going to break. No matter how much you overbuild it, something is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, unless you have an infinite budget to be rebuilding stuff every every day, right? And even yeah. then, and then you like, have, you know. even then it's it's difficult. Like, you can't, you can't, foresee, you can't foresee everything that's going to go wrong. Yeah, like hardware so, breaking. That's... Yep. Absolutely. I think uh um, yeah. I think Micah Diaz at round one he broke some fucking hardware and wasn't able to um compete. Oh Qual- wow. Qualified first, by the way. Yeah, and then his car broke. Yep. And I was like Or something broke. No, that's too bad. Yeah, and it no, it was, uh, it was uh it was the bolts like, in his probably diff. like three dollars a bolt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's what he was saying. Who knows? Like, He's like it's kinda of funny when when it gets to that sort of stuff, even just like stuff getting a little bit loose then it'll break really easy yeah so you wonder if something like that happened i mean i'm sure he tries to run bull checks and stuff but it's hard to catch everything no and and like that like i since i i basically bought three cars for this thing and they were all by the way i didn't buy three complete cars not a single one they're like shells and stuff exactly so every every single car had a part that the other one didn't have so, but what I do have is extra bolts of everything. Yeah. So I'm going to take, I'm going to throw a little box together of like two extra bolts of everything that's on the car. Yeah. And it's not much. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, uh, yeah. It's just something That'd that can sweet. happen. I, I actually ended up, I took all of the, cause I bought a spare entire like subframe assembly from a 330 uh-huh. car and basically totally disassembled it and took all the bolting went to like a local uh or edmonton nut and bolt is what the place is called but i was like give me all of these in brand new two sets so i've got a bunch of bolts so all, pretty much all the hardware in the back end has been replaced um just because our, our stuff up here gets so rusty it's actually a pretty big issue like a car with uh, probably like 160,000 miles on it will be just like you're taking stuff apart and you almost can't reuse bolts yeah. because they're so rusted. It's just disgusting. But um, I actually so, had to go get two bolts today. Um, if I bought like the for the thermostat, I bought the the 16 yep. an thermostat housing. Um, yeah, since I'm running the radiator in the back. And when I freaking got um, when I got the bolts, like, dude, they're they're three quarters of an inch long. I put one in and I snugged it, and it just turned. Hmm. I was like, damn it! So I went to like we have I have a hardware store down the street, and they have like every yeah. damn bolt there imaginable. Luckily, um, yeah. And I got I just grabbed one that's like thirty mil thirty millimeters long. Yeah, a couple of metric bolts. Yeah, to go all the way through. <laughs> Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah, no, we, uh, as far as, like, metric and imperial bolts, we're pretty lucky up here because we, like, Canada's kind of a metric nation, but we 
are so used to the imperial system that we basically run both. So no, that's the same way it is here. You know, so like, like yeah, okay, yeah. So um, like, you kind of have to be because like an like an LS motor is an American motor, but it, it's all metric. Every single bolt. Yeah, you know the head right? bolts are a really awkward size bolt. Yeah, I've I've gone into those, but it's in the, yeah. yeah. Um, There's some weird size. Yeah, the head bolts in particular, like uh, okay. they're like, they're, yeah. the, they're an M11 2.0. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so uh, I might be wrong. That's a really no, I'm right. Horse thread. Yeah. So and I because yeah. um, if you ever, pl- God forbid, you do, uh, if you ever strip out a head stud, and you, I have an aluminum block, so I basically pulled the threads out of the motor. Right. They make these things called a time cert, and what you do is you drill out the block. Uh, yeah, you rethread it. You put this time cert in. What it does is it kind of threads itself in, and then it throws it. So I don't know what the outer thread is. Is that like a helicoil? It's it's the same thing as a helicoil, but this yeah. is more of uh, a little stronger, maybe. I I think it would be a little stronger because it actually yeah. they actually make you uh, red Loctite it in, and okay. you have to wait for it to dry, and then well you don't have to wait for it to dry. Uh, yeah, but then you throw your. But anyways, uh, it's uh it's a pretty beefy. Yeah, it's supposed to be that a, it introduces, yeah. Exactly. So it's supposed to be. Well, it's kind of nice stronger. you can do it while it's in the car, probably if it's a bolt that's a accessible. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luckily, it was yeah. like the two top ones on the back, and then the okay. front top one that went out. Yeah. So I had three of them that popped. Um, oh wow! So yeah. those ones I was able to get to, which is great. What I would recommend is do not run bolts, run head studs. Yeah, then you then you're never. Uh, yeah, that was my issue. Is I ran bolts because I was yeah. like, I need to save fifty dollars. Yeah, or just run an iron block and then you won't have that issue. That's <laughs> also not true. <laughs> yeah, no. I so far I really like my cheap truck motor. If it ever, I I basically, um, as far as the motor like powertrain goes, I've just made it all bolt-ons more uh-huh. or less. I mean, the cam isn't a bolt-on. You got to take it apart to put it in, but it's like all bolt-ons except for a cam, basically. So if the motor ever takes a dump on me, I can just go to the wreckers and get See, another one for like 400 bucks. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot done to my engine either. Like, I think I yeah. have, what, the cam, obviously a valve train setup yeah. to support yeah. it. Um, oh, yeah, I've got I got valve springs too, but... Yeah, yeah, you need that. If it broke. But did yeah. you do the trunnion kit too? Uh, I have the trending kit. I just need to do it. I would definitely recommend so, you do that. Yep, what are you redlining? I, it's on the list. Uh, I think it's set for like sixty eight hundred now. Wow, you should tech, definitely do that like very soon. Um, <laughs> it's it's been happy so far, so uh, I, I'll probably do it before my next event here. And then you know what I do is like uh, a small little trick is to scour any LS page. So yeah. and if you know of a car that came with an LS, scour that page. And find out who does the part outs. So like there'll be certain people right. who do part outs. Like I got a um a ten percent underdrive pulley for uh like a hundred and twenty bucks delivered. Nice. So that's just it's I didn't need it, but it was just so cheap. I was yeah, like, it's I, just, I'm it's just gonna get it. Like, fine for cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's kinda like that NAS- that dog box I got. There was just some some NASCAR racer somehow local to here he's in st albert which is just slightly northwest of edmonton Uh and uh he was just retiring from racing selling off all his transmissions the dude had like four or five transmissions he was selling off so i picked the one with the ratio i wanted and boom there we there we go (laughs) super easy and decent price 
for up here, like local anyways, it was hard. It was hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we, I haven't found that deal yet here yet. Um, I think there was one over here for like three grand and I just didn't have three grand. Unfortunately, I've seen, I've seen some cheaper than that in, uh, Cali, but if you look on, uh, racing jump, I think it's called, that's the website. You know what? There's, I never. I've seen some think text look, racing stuff there. I never think to look on that stupid ass website. Well, I'm the dumbass for not looking at it. It's a it's a terrible website to like go through, but um, I know what you're talking I've about. A, like the, it's not a like few... a user friendly layout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the user, it's it's not user friendly at all. No, it's trash. <laughs> like, you gotta be sure. careful with what you're. You gotta be careful with what you're getting, of course. But mine, mine, I got lucky. It was like a brand new rebuild, like K Suite. I think he, I think it had one race on it or something. We popped the side cover off and looked at it, and the dog rings look brand new. So I was like, "Yeah, sure, looks good to me." Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, there are so many, but you know, you kind of gotta like dig through it and kind of hope for the best. Oh yeah, that's that's the problem with that page is you have to like dig through it like crazy. But yeah, I think I saw a T101A for like twenty five hundred bucks or something like that, and I mean, yeah. you might be able to beat the guy down a bit. But yeah, if you're lucky. Sorry, I'm trying to remember what we were talking about. Um, mostly about your car and your driving. Uh, yeah, I think we were talking about dog boxes there. We were definitely talking about dog boxes. Yeah. Uh, and finding good deals. Hey, sponsors. What who what sponsors do you have currently, and what are you doing to go after said sponsors? Um. So right now. Uh, so last year I was on with, uh, Zestino tires, Canada, which is, was great. They're, uh, they're pretty open to new drivers and stuff like that for, um, cutting us a bit of a break and helping us get out on track. Uh, but this year I really kind of stepped my game up with my friend Nathan there who has that other E46 and we've put together a pretty decent package um, and started going after some companies. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I have my list here, I guess I'll go through, but, uh, so, uh, my aunt actually has an engineering company that she's one of my sponsors for this year. So Integris engineering, uh-huh. and then I'm running with FDF race shop for this year as well. So I have their angle kit and handbrake. Okay. Um, and they make a this, pretty nice. Um, I've, oh saw, man, I've seen their kit. It's really their stuff fucking is nice, very dude. nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's supposed to be a little bit stronger than Weissfab, from my understanding. But also, from my understanding, is that Weissfab is designed to break. Yeah, I'd agree with that. the The FDF stuff has its own like design failure modes too. Okay. Like if you talk to uh, Josiah, as the owner there, I've talked to him quite a lot about the kit and uh-huh. know, setup and stuff like that, but. I, I don't know as much about their kind of S chassis and 350Z stuff, but okay. uh, I know that each kit has its own design failure mode, basically. So um, a certain portion of it will break before the rest, yeah, uh, which is an easy part to replace instead of replacing, like, you know, the entire arm or something. Yeah, like which that. is what all of us um, want. Yeah, exactly, which, which a lot of kits do too, but it's... Uh, I, I really like their stuff so far and they're uh they're Canadian based, which is a huge thing for me. I really love to support yeah, Canadian I do, companies I, I when I can. They, they are out so, there. 
Yeah, so they're they're out of Ontario, Canada. Um, Which is the opposite so, end of the world from you, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's like middle Canada, kind of more eastern. Oh shit! We're pretty far west. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. I thought um, that was it's east. it's eastern kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, gotcha. it's not quite the far east. Like yeah. not on the coast quite yet, but um, but it's far enough. Yeah, it's kind of you know it's kind of like Detroit area, I think. Ah, okay. Like, like Michigan kind of area. Okay, it's yeah. Kinda like just north of Michigan, sort Whoa. of. The, Ontario is pretty big, but we'll leave it in that area. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm on with them. Uh, Zestino Tires again, of course, because they make great stuff. And it's really affordable for what it is. What are, you, are you using? What Which tire of theirs are you using? Because I know they have several um, variations. Yeah, so the Zestino range breaks down into the Gredge and the Acrova. So the Acrova is a higher treadwear tire, which you typically would only run on the rear. Um, I believe it's a, a 280 treadwear or a 260 or something like that. Um, and then there's the Gredges as well, which you can get in three different treadwares. So I think there's a, a 140, so like a super, super soft. It's kind of a good steer tire. A 180, which is kind of a medium. And then excuse me, a, uh, a 240 as well, which you can kind of run on the rear if you want to. I know lots of guys that run the Gredge on the rear in the high tread wear, and they mm-hmm. tend to last pretty good as well. They make a little more smoke um, than the Acrova. Don't last quite as long, but they're all really good tires. Um, I've never driven on one. I've always wanted to, but they don't have Yeah, like they're not they really to. in the U.S. anymore. So One guy... <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know what happened, but unfortunately... Yeah, that Ernie guy. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the story. There's out there and stuff, but... Yeah, oh, no, I don't even know the rumors, okay. so I'm good. Okay. Um, but yeah. I do. what I, I do know, know is that they're not here anymore. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, a, I'm a very person who likes to mind their own business, so if I don't have to hear the rumor, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, and that's all they are at the end of the day, so... Exactly. Who knows what the real um, story is. But I, I just don't understand why they would leave and then... Uh, sorry. Hang on one second. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Go, go get the clothes out of the back of the truck. There's two sweaters, and then I, I think there's a pair of your shorts and a shirt. You put them in the dirty clothes. Thank you. Leave me alone. <laughs> sorry, man. Hey, no worries. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I think Valino is kind of replacing him. If, if you I know, uh, right, I've reached out to Valino. Valino. Yeah. Malino. What an asshole. Uh, I reached out to Valino on uh, Instagram and I told him like, hey, do you guys want to, you know, do an episode? Uh, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Sorry. I guess it was just my son opening the front door. My dogs didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I reached out to Valino and asked them like, hey, do you guys want to do an episode? And then, which I've done to like several people, like who are kind of a little bit higher up and I've never yeah. kind of like set like a date. Here's when we'll talk. We just kind of talked yeah. about talking, um, but I think that's one thing I would I do want to do because I you know I would like to get more info and that no one in SoCal that I know of is actually running the Valinos, okay. um, at least not yet. Yeah. So I would like to probably work on that maybe because no one else is doing it. Yeah, what's the what's kind of the big tire that most of you guys are running down there, or is there one? Everyone's kind of on a different tire. Everyone's kind of on a different tire. Last year, it okay. was federal, but everyone seems to okay. have kind of 
shied away from federal and they're not as strong as they were uh, okay. last year. And then um, the year before that was Destino, obviously. Yeah. And then, like, but I've always, well, not always. I haven't been driving that long. I mean, honestly, I just grabbed the Achilles uh, Sport 2s. Yeah. I like the tire. Um, there's, like, mixed reviews on it. There's a there's another guy who drifts a CTS, and he was telling me that he didn't like it. But then I also found out what, like, what his settings were on his, uh, yeah. his suspension. He was running, like, a 10K spring on a true coilover setup. Yeah. And then, but the, but like a true coilover setup from anywhere else is designed with the six K spring. I was like, so, well, there's, so it's probably just a hard spring. And yeah, that, I was like, there's anyways. one yeah. issue, but he did mention about like tire wear. Um, that he, oh, okay. cause he doesn't, he goes in Texas at the uh, Lone Star events and yeah. he said he's getting like, you know, a lot more tire wear on or a lot more, He's getting like a lot more laps. Wear. No, a lot more laps oh, down on okay. a KR20 Kenda than he is on like a AR. Yeah, those those Texas guys love that Kenda tire, man. And I, I we can't even get them up fucking here. So try we can't, tire. Like, I need to know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I we even, can't even buy them here in Canada, so we don't even we can't even try. <laughs> don't you guys have Triangle though, up there as well? Uh, maybe I'm not sure. I honestly the the price of Zestinos here is so good that it's not even worth looking at other tires they're all at least 30 percent more yeah you know so, what i'm uh since i'm not on a tire i'm allowed to say how much i'm spending on tires um i'm paying like 70 dollars a piece to up to 80 dollars a piece of tire yeah to my door yeah yeah so that's probably like 100 canadian pesos there or something like that you guys call them maybe pesos? a little more the old Canadian peso. Our you, dollar sucks. You guys don't call it pesos, do you? I, I, no, I know. A, I know it's the, a very unid- I know that's, that's a very the, ignorant question, but I'm. I, it's, no, the no, fact that I'm. A, I am misinformed. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's that's what that's the running joke a lot of the time. Just because. Okay, so eighty USD is a hundred and eight Canadian dollars right now. Yeah, and hasn't it yeah. always kind of been kind of low? Or it has not- been. The a few years ago it was almost one-to-one or it was one-to-one for a while but it we've kind of tapered off again i don't yeah i think we're probably it's just like probably lying over here and just pretending that's how much our dollar is (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the it's it's wild when you look at it like the cost of building something here versus in the u.s is insane because basically any of your websites where you get you know free shipping over a hundred dollars or free shipping in general Mm -hmm. doesn't apply to us at all no, that's a, that, cause, it's cause, like another thirty percent to ship it here, which is actually another one of my sponsors. I race Autosports. Uh, they are operated out of Ontario, but they can source a lot of stuff out of the U.S. and get it to us without a lot of uh, you know unexpected duties and stuff like that. Which is yeah, and really then awesome. and then you guys have like a um, an exchange rate at the border, right? Yeah, so like that's duties bringing it in or like taxes, right? Um, stuff like that or honestly if you depending on the shipping company you deal with oftentimes the the brokerage that the shipping company charges you is what costs the most out of anything like shipping with ups from the us is like nobody ever does it here or they you you avoid it if you can because like i bought some like extended wheel studs out of the us that were i think i paid somewhere around 140 canadian with shipping 
to get them here. And then when they got here, I got hit with 60 bucks of duties and like brokerage fees from UPS. Wow. It was like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's so, so my trash, I would be so yeah, mad. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sucks. My, my $140 things are now, you know, fit cost 40% more just because they were shipped and there's brokerage on them and stuff. You guys need yeah. to make some more stuff, It's ridiculous. It's probably you, why FDS ship, was like, I need to make more money. Yeah. If you ship through a few, like, through certain companies, it's okay. Like, if you do USPS and stuff like that. But the problem is it just takes a long time to get it sometimes. It'll be, you know, two weeks. I did FedEx. Three weeks. I shipped a, a diff. When I when I crashed my first CTS, I shipped a diff yeah. to Canada. Um, I don't fucking, I think it was like $140 to ship it. Yeah. And it was like a 75-pound diff. Yep. Yep. No, that sounds totally reasonable. <laughs> Which, you no, know, I thought so, too. And that's, 100, yeah. that's 140 US. But it's just, that's just the cost for us, yeah. Yeah. That's just what we that, have to deal with. It sucks, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys get paid more shit, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, through iRace, it's actually been really awesome. Like, I I'd got a, I had to get a new flywheel for my Quartermaster setup uh-huh. uh, for the clutch. Okay. And I got. Wait, I got hey, did, you get, did, you, did you get like directly through Quartermaster, or did you buy like a used one? Uh, no, I bought a new one for the flywheel. Because, we, so oh, I bought okay. it through. Uh, well, so <laughs> you're probably gonna say buy it off the you know eBay auctions or whatever for now. Yeah. The problem, <laughs> you can't or none of those guys are running an LS motor. So the small block Chevy that they run, the bolt pattern is slightly different. Yeah, but they have something. The that, they have something that's actually mounts up to the same way. The crank, the crank has a different bolt pattern on it, so you need a different flywheel at the end of the day. But I no, got no, one no. with my setup. Oh, I know what you're talking but, about. What I'm talking yeah. about is the. I've clutch. got the triple plate dust. Yeah, yeah, the clutch. The, sorry, the tri- triple plate clutch setup that my, Quartermaster. Yeah, from my understanding, yeah. the clutch that bolts to the flywheel is supposed to be the same um, bolt pattern. Like maybe the yeah, flywheel yeah, yeah. is different. So yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So the like I'm running, I got a whole clutch with uh-huh. the setup and a magnesium bell housing. Okay. And a reverse mount starter. Like, it's a full NASCAR kit that I have on my car right now. Um, full NASCAR spec, like, straight out. The only thing I had to get different was the flywheel, which is on, which is hilarious what the flywheel is on the NASCAR cars because they're so lightweight. The entire clutch and flywheel assembly weighs, like, 20 pounds. It's crazy. I need that so much. You it's unreal. I, I, it's I, not Dude, mine's got to be, like, 60 Griffin. pounds. Yeah, it it really changes like the torque characteristics of the motor though when uh-huh. you're running something that light. Um just especially for clutch kicks and stuff like that because you kick the clutch and the revs climb really high but then there's not like there's not a lot of mass behind it when it hits again, right? Like when you let off the clutch. Yeah. So it's a bit different to drive. Granted, I don't have a whole lot of LS driving experience, so It just it doesn't ha- it doesn't carry kind of way, it doesn't carry the same momentum. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it, it's also, just. It's yeah, like a, it just a negative and a positive. So. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah okay. It's, Rotating so it's, mass. It's more lightweight. Yeah. But when you're clutch kicking, it doesn't hit as hard. Like a clutch kick won't hit as hard. Granted, like at the demo, that's the only driving I've done with the car so far. Okay. And it would. It was still plenty. Like it still hit hard enough to Dude, you know, break traction you, and stuff. But. I'm in the same. But so you've only done one demo and then you guys have a comp coming up soon, right? Yeah, I'm actually going down to Spokane during that LS Fest weekend. There's okay. a drift event in Spokane. Okay. Um, 
in Washington. Which I'm really excited for. Actually, it's it's a super super sick event. Um, What's it called? It's they call it Shindo Matsuri. Okay. I think. Uh, but basically, it's uh, the it's like a two and a half mile road course or something like that, and they just totally open it for like eight hours for two days. Nice. It's wild. I oh. went so last year. I went. Um, I don't know if you remember, but Ryan Drutz was talking about how he went with a few guys down to Portland to drive with uh, Denofa okay. for a day, and then we went to Spokane. I was on the trip with them, anyways, in the, with the Cressida. So we drove with Denofa at Park for a day which was awesome and then after that we went to spokane for the two-day weekend event which was unreal just like the the entry speeds you could do and the track was super safe like there's a lot of runoff if you did get it wrong okay. or something like that so you wouldn't well maybe not wouldn't but it's less likely to like total your car and stuff like that right so it was kind of sweet because you like i was pushing like 100 mile an hour entries in that cressida and i Probably shouldn't have been doing that the way that car was, but it, it was doing it, so that was fun. But yeah, that's just the quality nice. of that car was probably not <laughs> really worthy of 100 miles an hour. Yeah, but, I'm a little worried uh, uh, about my car because I haven't driven since I crashed, and yeah. I'm basically putting this thing together and hoping that I can go test it. At basically what's considered a donut box, a donut, a donut, a donut box, box, right? It's a donut box. Like we have like a lot of issues with sideshows here. I don't know if you guys know what those are. Okay. Uh, They take like there's a lot of people who come around like take over intersections and they block them all off and they do donuts around them like assholes. Anyways, uh, Irwindale decided to open up a section for that. Oh, is that that's the Hoonigan thing, right? No, 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 no. This is completely separate from yeah. So, okay. Irwindale has cool. a complete section, right. from my understanding, they have a section of where you can do donuts. Yeah. Okay. You know, and not That's worry about awesome. cops. Yeah. And then yeah. they also have, um, we have an eighth mile drag strip. So, okay. my plan was to go double check in the burnout box or the donut box to make sure, you know, it's going to be able to handle some clutch kicking. Yeah. And, you know, burning some tires up. Just make and, sure it'll drive and, you know, transfer, like, transition back and forth. Right? Exactly. It's probably enough room to do a couple transitions. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that much room to do, but to do some figure eights, yeah. Um, exactly. And yeah. then I was going to do uh, the drag strip just to make sure that, like, I'm not having any, like, fuel starvation issues. Because, like, right. I've had problems no, that's before. A good call. Yeah, where I've done a burnout in the burnout box and the car's fine. Yeah. And then as soon as I get under load, like on the straightaway to get up, you know, to the corner, yeah, you know, I'm spitting and backfiring because I'm having like a fuel starvation issue. Yeah. So, um, or bogging out rather. And, uh, so I want to do both just to make sure the car works. And then I'm going straight to LS fest and driving straight into a wall and hoping that the car does what I want it to. Is okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and then yeah. uh, one of your well, guys. If you, if you can do that testing, I think it'll probably be fine. Yeah. Like, and then a lot of it's, it's most, I think most be of it's being in my own head. Um, yeah. Just because, like, hey, the last time you drove, you hit a wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's the track like at LS Fest? Is it big? Or I, is it I've just never like driven it. I've never even like been a... there. So I couldn't give yeah. you an, an honest answer. Um, Andrew's been there a few times and he was telling me, okay. he's like, you go, he's like, you initiate into a wall. It's like, that's just what you do. Okay. So I was cool. like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Sounds <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait. Um, 
sweet. Yeah. But uh, one of your guys is coming out here as well. The he drives an R. Yeah, Jason. I've actually his his car had a lot to do with me totally getting a different rig. So uh, after wait, you were gonna get an R thirty two? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, I drove his car last year. Basically, is what I was getting at. But uh, we went down to Calgary for this like weekend event, and I borrowed a car from Sean actually from Hardham. Okay. Um, and we were just driving at the skid pad down there, and I was joking around with him because he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get an LS, you're going to get an LS, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I guess maybe I'll have to have a taste. And he's like, yeah, get in, drive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I got in his sick R32 and did some laps of the the pad we were at there, which uh, was really fun. So, I, I mean, I knew, I knew exactly what an LS was going to feel like, more or less, um, beforehand, but that just reinforced it. I'm like, okay, well, there's definitely something about these motors that's awesome for drifting. So I'm going to have to get me one of those. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. a super huge JDM fan or just any import in general. Big fan. Yeah. But I, you know, the R32 is, it's just a nice car. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's... And you'll see, you'll see Jason's, that car is very nice. I can't it's wait the to full see it. Tandem kit. Dude, that that car is a beautiful piece. Yeah, even like so, yeah. like I announced today that um, if my car's not done, I'm not gonna compete at LS Fest. Like I'm not even gonna take my car. I'm not gonna waste any money because yeah. to get there and back. No, like, there's no point. Yeah, that weekend's gonna cost me five hundred bucks, like yeah. minimum. Just getting there. That's just because of like fuel. Like I already have tires that's and everything. Fuel. Yeah, but that's fuel. Um, you know, staying at hotel a hotel. Yeah, which I'll probably yeah. Airbnb. Cause it's cheaper. Yeah. Um, but like oh, just getting sure. there and back, but instead, like, let's just say I do, f- if I don't finish the car, what I will do though, is put that money towards, um, just drift. We have a, uh, just drift out here. That's another, um, pro two feeder series. And I yeah. think their first event is two weeks after, um, LS fest. So I'll probably, if, if that's like worst case scenario, that's what I'll end up doing. Yeah. No, that'd be good. But yeah, no, definitely check out Jason's car. He's a he's a good guy to talk to. As yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk to that about LS motors and stuff. I'm hoping but his his car is awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. kind of hoping to talk to Torque Storms, or Torque yeah. Storm, not Torque Storms. Yeah. Uh, Torque Storm, and kind of be like, hey, you, yeah, you know, and try it's to slide in there. The try yeah. to slide in their DM later. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the goal. Yeah. I, you know, I was actually introduced to that supercharger through uh justin chestnut and uh, i always thought it was i was like shit man this thing's really affordable like even yeah. if you can't um even if you're not like on a sponsored deal like it's just so much it's very it's a super it's a super affordable kit yeah, yeah. and no, it, I've, apparently I've there's no issue no one's complained about it yet yeah no one's complained yeah. about no, a blow-up yeah no um, one's complained about shit so i'm like that's probably a friend go a friend of mine has one too um, or a different friend. So Jason Delahaye has one on uh-huh. his R32 there, and a friend of mine up here actually just put one into his Mustang. But it's a it's a Mustang with a 5.3 LS motor. But um, he's actually running the the Fitech ECU like I am. So I'm really interested to see how that works because it's a totally that ECU is a self learning unit. Mm-hmm. So you can just let it ride and it'll figure itself out, right? which is what I've been doing so far. And it's what does it awesome. basically do? Just kind of like adjust timing and fuel based on, so, on um, so air, adjust, air fuel mixtures? Yeah, so it reads your AFR. 
and okay. it will adjust your fuel based on the knock sensors from my understanding i don't think it will go and adjust timing but it's it's a pretty like it's a pretty simple system but it works really well from now, what i've seen now my so next far. question is are you able to change anything yourself yep. let's say you, you want to change your timing you can go so it comes with a, uh, a little programmer or you can plug into it with a computer that's and what, get yeah, the software that's... and just get in it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah, want no, to change you, timing, wanna... it'll adjust its fuel later. Uh, yeah, you could do that. I suppose you can also, you know, if you took it to a dyno, you could get a dyno tuned if you really wanted. Oh, right? okay. There's that option, but uh, the way, from what I read up on it, the self learning will pretty much get you 95% of the way there, at least probably yeah. 99% of the way there power wise on a, on an NA car on a, you know, boosted application, maybe a little less power because it'll probably run it safe. But at the same time, like, I don't know, for the for the cost of a dyno uh, run up here or like a dyno tune, it's almost the same cost as that ECU. Uh, like the ECU was only a little bit more than a dyno tune. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do that instead of getting an HP tuners dyno tune that's locked to that shop specifically and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It made more sense in the end for me. And you know what? It, it's worked great so far. Like I, I put that, I decided to put that kit on my car, I think four days before the demo that we did up here. Uh-huh. And so I put the kit in, converted to drive by cable and basically street drove it for like five minutes and then trailered it to the event and beat the crap out of it all weekend. And it's super happy. So, like, whatever they're doing seems to be working. Because I didn't, I gave it a run for its money for sure. What are your, uh, what are your plans this season? Do you have any goals? Um, I'd like to, you know, make it to and qualify for all four of our rounds. Okay. And I definitely want to, like, win a battle at some point. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of like to set my goals pretty low, but I think that's definitely achievable. So, you know, make it the top eight at least once, maybe two times, um, and go from there. Really work on my tandem is what I need to do because I'm okay, but I like getting really, really close to cars is, I mean, it's an art, right? So that's kind of what I want to work on the most. And also with a brand new car, it's kind of a big ask as well. Yeah. That's, uh, on a, you said big car? Uh, new car. I'm sorry. I thought I for yeah, some reason yeah. I fucking registered big. Um, yeah, no worries. I was like, uh, I remember driving that. It's not very big. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it's a, it's big compared to a 240. <laughs> is it on the inside? Really? I don't know what it is about the I, 240s, man. Every single one I've sat in with a cage, I feel so claustrophobic. You know what? And I, in my car, I feel uh, like there's so much room. Yeah, it's uh, I didn't know. I thought it was fairly small. I think if you sat in my car, you'd be like, whoa, this thing's a fucking boat. Oh, definitely. Boat. A CTSV um, would be huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, that car's, like, I always thought it was, like, very small and nimble. Yeah. And I, I like. They should be. Like, and, it, and it transferred really nice. Like, if you, uh, um, one thing I, I learned to do was to, like, tap the brakes during transfers. Okay. Um, And then it would kind of transfer really hard 
Okay. Um, yeah, I've got to I've got to play with all that stuff, and that's kind of the plan. So I'm going to Spokane again in a couple weeks now, or a week pretty much. Uh huh. Um, and then so that that should give me a lot of time to play with the car and kind of dial in anything else. I mean, honestly, the way we ran it at the demo, the alignment setup we had, and uh, that sort of thing, it was pretty dialed right out of the box. I was super happy with it. Um, like it would do pretty, we were running a really short course. So, uh, it was maybe like 40 miles an hour at the most, like kind of, no, probably not even that. It was probably like 35 miles an hour just cause it was at an expo center. Right. So we just had a, a lot of space we could use. Um, so it was like pretty slow, but I was doing like full, almost lock to lock transitions and that car was handling it really well like it self-steered really good and there was uh i mean i had i had some issues of course starting off but it was we dealt with it pretty quick on the friday so that we could drive saturday and sunday yeah you know i never actually steered my bmw during transitions yeah yeah and I, i had to feed this one just a tiny bit on like really big hard transitions like you know 60 degrees to 60 degrees kind of deal Mm -hmm. but i think it was just because it was such a short track like when we were transitioning like we were probably doing like 10 miles an hour 15 miles an hour like it wasn't very fast that's definitely so yeah so you had to feed it a bit so i think i've I've changed the alignment a little bit now but we're just going to play around with it and go from there um I mean the man the like the FDF kit makes it super easy to change your caster and stuff like that. Yeah, it's awesome so far. It's just you just adjust the lollipop on the back for anyone that knows anything about E46s. Right, yep. you just do that on the back and the the top hat did, you can just do camber with. Dude, I much. still I I had the uh, drift knuckles kit and yeah. they don't come with an adjustable caster kit. Uh, but he will tell you he's like if you can buy adjustable lollipops yeah yeah Yeah, he's like oh for sure and then you can dial that right in yep yeah and no the go ahead the only thing you can't adjust on this kit is ackerman but i'm really happy with how it drives right now you know what uh i couldn't i couldn't adjust mine either i don't know what it was i'd be lying if i told you what the settings were um i had no problems like i i never had an issue with my steering um the only issue i ever had with my steering was my power steering pump. I had an adapter that went from my power steering pump to transfer it to like a, uh, a dash six AN fitting. Oh, okay. And the, the hole that was there was not large enough. I drilled the hole out a little bit and then my pressure yeah. went up and it was fine. I never had an issue again. Um, Interesting. Okay. Which is weird because I drilled that hole and that hole and that, that, that piece I have is actually designed for the, the CTSV steering rack. So we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah. Or else I'll be buying a new one. But yeah, I never had an issue after that with my steering at least. Um, and I just kind of learned, that's how I learned to drive. So I don't know any different. For sure. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of my thing too, with this car is like, I haven't driven a whole lot of cars, so I yeah. don't know. I, I, all I can do is change some settings on this car and see what happens. Right. So I'm kind of excited to be able to do that because on my previous car, there wasn't a whole lot of adjustments you could make. So it was kind of just set the way it was and that's why you had to let it ride. And, uh, if you didn't like it, you just have to drive through it kind of thing. Yep. So I'm pretty, pretty excited to be able to make adjustments and 
really try to dial the thing in. But um, we have some Instagram questions that we're probably going to start getting to right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. Did you get any? Because I know I got two. Um, yeah, I have a few. Actually, I'll just talk about one of my other sponsors before we do that. So uh, Sublime do do? Surfacing uh-huh. is, I think I've actually messaged you about this guy. It was the dry ice blasting. Oh, that's right. That actually that. sounds yeah. fucking awesome. So please mention this is, that. This is phenomenal. Yeah, this setup. I huge fan of his shop. It's amazing. So uh, he offers a few different. So am I, by the there. way. Never been there. <laughs> seen yeah, one no, video. Seen awesome. one fifteen-second video. Yeah, fo- you follow him on Instagram, man. It's awesome. Um, there's they post a lot of stuff. Um, Anyways, so he offers a few services. They have dry ice blasting, which is basically um, the gun. It uses compressed air, and it blows little dry ice pellets out at the speed of sound. And they, uh, when they hit a surface, it, it sublimates. So basically, it turns directly from a solid into a gas. And in doing that, it'll kind of knock everything off of the surface, right? So cleaning it. So... Uh, the video I posted, we used it on the inside of my car to knock out the uh, the sound deadening, which was super easy. And the paint beneath is not damaged at all. So my car I, is silver. We just dry ice blasted the inside and I painted the cage silver and I didn't have to paint any of the rest of the car. So it's been working out pretty good so far. Super simple, super easy. Um there's probably, like, there's obviously a lot of shops that, or maybe not a lot, but some shops that offer it uh, across, you know, North America. But in Edmonton, he's the guy to go to for that. Um, they also have a, a cabinet, so for smaller parts that you can shoot, they use a glass bead. So it's really, really fine glass bead that is mixed with water and shot onto a part. And that actually, it'll clean the part's surface as well. So if you, his example was he cleaned some pistons with it. So like diesel pistons after, you know, two or 300,000 K a use that are still good. They're just dirty. They put them in the cabinet, uh-huh. blow them off and totally cleans the piston and leaves all the tolerances within spec. So they're reusable. You just blast them off and then you can rebuild the motor with them basically. Dude, I need to find out who does that here because, like, when I did mine, like, I, did, I was told by, when Andrew's on next week, you'll understand. Yeah. Uh, this asshole was like, use a heat gun. Take all your fucking, um, to take all, take all of your uh, sound editing material out. Oh, that seems like the wrong way. You want to make it cold so it just shatters off. Yeah. <laughs> fucking asshole okay. threw me for a loop and it had me like mm-hmm. on a fucking mission pulling this stuff yeah. out and it works don't get me wrong it's one way to oh, do it okay um yeah but so what you do have is you have like all this kind of like uh this adhesive residue which is all it's, it's yeah. super tarry and then you got to clean all of that off and you're going to use multiple rags i think i i can't remember yeah. what i used i used i wasn't acetone it might have been acetone um okay it was some something, yeah, just yeah. chemicals, and I well, and I went through like you know what? several rags. That's the, that's the really nice thing about this dry ice blasting is because there's no harsh chemicals. There's nothing bad for you there. It's literally dry the ice. The only thing he was 
he was just yeah andreas just turned it's just carbon dioxide so yeah it's no big deal when it blows when it sublimates into gas right so he was just wearing a like a paper mask so that any like particles of the uh um sound deadening that were you know blown up were he wasn't breathing them yeah in. exactly but but it wasn't like smelly there was no issues like that it was that it was one of the most satisfying things to watch i think i've ever seen in my life I, <laughs> just you know, the way it would knock it off that, it was amazing that yeah. one experience i had i was like fuck this i'll never do this trash yeah. again but yeah. i haven't really like experienced dry ice but i've just kind of like seen it in videos yeah when like people they crush it and they mix it with like um like alcohol of some sort yeah. i can't remember the exact mixture um, and they, theirs just kind of pops off and then they only have like small little sections to kind of like focus on later. Right. Um, whereas this, when I did that, like I had a redo, I basically took like a scotch right pad and I think it was like paint thinner or something, just some type of chemical. And I went through the whole right. damn floor to get yeah. it off. And it wasn't just Definitely one it. scotch right pad. It was like a whole pack of them. Yeah. And it was just yeah. It, it I might, felt like it was the, a lot the more work. Might be a di- bit different than what the uh, BMWs use, but I have no doubt that Dryas would still knock it right off. Yeah, that's what I like. Is it? It just it as it's blasting, it's freezing it, and it's getting so cold that it just like comes off in big flakes. You it's, know, uh, it's pretty awesome. Like on the Cadillac, um, because I because I have another shell, and I started lifting the carpet, and I noticed that there's like four spots of where they put um that material down it's more of like a yeah well the sound deadening material um but it's like little small squares of like maybe like a square foot each yeah and that's it like everything else they had was like styrofoam on the floor and then the carpet (laughs) is like fucking thick um and i think that's what they that's just kind of what they used uh yeah but i never had an issue in mine so or at least my street car the one i did have and there was never like a sound issue yeah what uh don't do it with a heat gun i understand that if you don't want to spend the 12 dollars, it's going to cost you to go get dry ice from smart and final from yeah my, from yeah my, um don't do it i and yes uh uh what is it harbor freight also has heat guns for 12 dollars, but i can yeah. tell you which one's going to take not you longer. worth it no it's not that seems it's, like you're going in the wrong direction to me because you're just making it like more pliable when you heat it up like you need to freeze it so that it's going to like break off and chunk. yeah so what it was is like we you would have to heat up and it would take a while and then you yeah. would, it would just peel right off which is which is great oh okay but but the residue was bad right yes that was so the pain in the ass and then yeah. i was just like i'm fucking over this yeah no i can't um, say i've ever tried or heard of doing it with a heat gun but pretty much everyone i know locally just goes and gets some some dry ice and then they sit it on there like mm-hmm. they break it up and sit it on the on the uh, sound deadening for you know 20 minutes or 30 minutes and come back with a hammer and hit it and it'll kind of knock off but it doesn't work as good as the like blasting yeah. or at least it's hard it's hard to get uh like if it's on an angle or something like that cuz you have to have the dry ice actually sitting on it right for it to get it cold enough that it'll just kind of smash out mm-hmm. but yeah no i was that was awesome when i was when we were blasting that off it was like okay well that saved me like you know 20 hours of prepping the inside of the car for dude seriously i think that's probably my most the biggest uh pet peeve about building a car or at least a drift car specifically because you're supposed to move move all that i think that was like the biggest fucking pain in the ass um i would and if i could 
get away with never having to do it again, I would be okay with yep. that. Yeah. So, it's like listening to ACDC's Black, Back in Black. If I never heard that again, I'd be okay. Yeah. I've heard it so many <laughs> times. Um, yeah, no, that that was just a really great, uh, really great hookup there. That, yeah. that driest blasting. Gonna, was, I hope we have that here. I, I, and I haven't even looked, but I haven't, because I don't have the issue yeah. on this car. But if I yeah. ever do, it's like it's something I got to remember. Yeah, if you ever do it again, it's worth looking into because it's super easy. Like it, it costs you a bit more than just going out and buying dryest to do it yourself. But the finished product is so much better. So yeah, but you got to look at like, how it. much time you're saving. Like let's say yeah. I, I save literally since, you know, a lot of us work on the car after we get home from work. You know what I mean? We're already working. Yeah. But if it saves us like four or five days of actual work. You know, oh, it's sure. so much more, and it does. you know, it's so, so much more beneficial just for us to, to take it in and pay somebody. Like, even if it's like, you yeah. know, like a $200 cost, like that's to put it, yeah. to put it in perspective for time. Like we, we were there, we were only blasting for about two hours and we did pretty much the whole interior. We didn't do anything behind the strut towers in the back. Cause that's just going to get cut out for a tube end pretty soon. Yeah, but, and there's only like three, um, there's only yeah, like we three did, pieces We did back like there. the whole inside of the car yeah i remember there's only like three pieces back there though yeah yeah there isn't much and it's always gonna get cut yeah exactly and mostly back there is just metal so who gives a shit yep um but instagram questions you're gonna have more than i do i have one um one we already spoke about but um yeah what is a poco free ride which is uh what spring rates are you running and what sway bars if any um, yeah, so right now I think it's a 12k in the front, and we went high because it's an iron block LS motor, so you need I, a bit more beef up there. I feel uh, and like then... Odie wouldn't do that to you, huh? I feel like they wouldn't do that to you. That's kind of high. No, you need it though. You need the extra spring rate for that motor. I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I'm not a fucking uh, a uh, what we call it. Uh, suspension guy yeah um, but i remember he asked me specifically he's like do you have an aluminum block or do you have right a um an iron block and i had told him yeah and he goes okay you're gonna stick with the 9k but if i'm not mistaken doesn't the bmw engine weigh more um i think the iron block ls weighs a little bit more than the stock beamer i know but just, six. but to say for him to to push you up to 12k seems like so much it seems a bit excessive i don't know so maybe Possibly. I, I'm i pretty sure they said 12K when we were getting them done. Really? Um, but, yeah. I mean, as far as it goes, they, they feel really good in the car. So uh, Yeah, I had no issues. I'm, I'm happy with it so Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, here, actually, I think I... And then, uh, are you running uh, stock sway bars or are you running aftermarket of any kind? I got no sway bars at all. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. And we're running a, uh, a yeah, 5K in the rear, I think. I ran the M... I didn't run the M3, the ones. That's a fucking lie. I had the stock ones. I had no issue. I'd... Yeah. So um, FDF is working on a uh, a kit that'll accept a sway bar, but currently there isn't like a place to mount one. You could easily drill a hole and put a uh, like a an end link there to do one. I'll probably, if I decide I want one in the front, I'll probably do like a kind of NASCAR or a custom deal where yeah. you just kind of cut it to length and do it and put the put it there just to make sure that it won't have any issues with the angle from the yeah. kit. Um, the, in the rear though, I've 
I've got nothing right now. I don't know. I had nothing on both, and it seemed fine. You know what? I ran, um, I ran both in their stock location, so that means, like, on the stock coilover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, this is a question pertaining to E46, since I have experience yeah. with it. <clears throat> yeah, with That the... is what I ran, but not the M3. The M3 front sway bar will work, but not the M3 rear sway bar because of the design of the um, the diff and the the rear um, subframe. You cannot get a rear okay. one. You cannot get the M3 subframe up there. Oh, I mean, okay. the sway bar. The M3 uh, sway, sway bar. Yeah. yeah. But you can run the stock one, and I ran that no problems. Um, I think yeah. there's like something you can do to to make them like. Um, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> to make them tighter or increase like, what is it? Increase the like the stiffness of the bar. Yes, uh, I don't remember yeah, what so it was. The. The problem with this kit is just it has so much angle that you can't mount it in the stock location. Um, okay. Just the end links don't work, and you also hit the sway bar with the tire. What so, it... like, you can't actually turn it to full lock unless you have the motor running with the power steering on, and then you can kind of crank it all the way. But then you end up hitting the sway bar with the tire, which is going to stall you out and wreck you um, on a stock one. So you, you can run them. You just have to find kind of the right one. And I know yeah, with but that's the, also like, with on, an SLR kit, is it, does you it can hit it? do it. Oh, does it hit it straight out, or is it maybe possibly like a wheel spec issue as well? Um, like if you ran spaces, my wheel spec is hit? pretty aggressive. It's pretty, the offset is pretty high. They're uh, 18 by 8 plus 13s, so they're pretty aggressive. Um, Wait, you're running like, I don't have to run a spacer with my kit. Are you running M-Parts? It works totally fine. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're sick. I love those wheels. Oh no, I've they look great on the car. Um, yeah, thanks. No, I, I just I I've kind of just been like watching all of the forums and you know Facebook groups and anytime a set of M parts come up, I've got two sets now. I'll probably get one more set and then uh, or like one more full set. So I bought eight wheels now, and it's sweet because then I have spare fronts as well, just in case something ever happened. I have but. twelve wheels and I don't even have a spare front. <laughs> yeah, I need to fucking plan better. Um. Yeah. Uh, what were the? You know what? I also got um, one more, and it wasn't even a freaking question. Yeah. It was from No Bumper. You have forsaken the No Bumper clan. I don't. I don't know what that means. That's what he said. Yeah, and he and I are kind of like we're online friends, so I'm gonna have to hit him. I guess I'm. Go. I guess I'm running a bumper, so that's blasphemy or something. I don't know, man. I got no, I got no intercooler. I got nothing up there. You got to run a bumper. <laughs> I ran the same a bumper. Cover, at least. I, I actually like that bumper because nobody really runs them. Yeah, it's just like a stock three series one. It's, yeah, uh, nothing special. I'm about to hit him up yeah. and see what he meant by that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I like to have it looking relatively professional with like all the body panels on it and stuff like that. So that's just kind of how I am, but. Yeah. Like even with that Cressida, even when I I stopped running the rear bumper because you could get away with it, it was pretty small. But I always made sure I had the front bumper on and stuff like that last year, even when we kind of wrecked it and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. So uh, I have a few questions, anyways. Yes, go um, ahead, please, because I didn't get them, so you're gonna have to. Read yeah, them no worries. Um, so someone asked, you know, what are some tips that I have for someone who wants to get into pro am? Um, I think for a lot of people, 
Uh, my first question to them anyways would be, like, why do you want to be in Pro-Am? Uh, do you drift right now? Have you drifted before, like properly at a track day, a proper like drifting track day or not? And if you haven't, start there. Because I know a lot of people that are like, oh, well, I just want to go into Pro-Am, right? But I feel like there's a lot of steps before you get there. So you kind of need to be realistic with that. Otherwise, you'll just, like, you might just get rolled, right? And then it's no fun for anyone. Or no fun for you, anyways. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's that's kind of one thing that I thought of. Um, and, I mean, if, if you've been driving for a while and you have a car and everything, then that's great. I don't, if you have the finances behind it or if you can do it financially, then go for it. Like, personally... I don't run any debt on my car program. So like no, no credit card debt or anything like that. Same. I just, that's how I run it. Like if I can't afford it for the car, then I can't afford it. That's fine. I don't need it. Right. So make, make something else work basically is, is my recommendation instead of going into debt over it, especially at like a pro-am level. Cause it's, it's pretty like early in your, if, if you want to have a career in drifting, that's pretty early in your career. So it's like, you, you don't want to go into debt right away over it, or I mean, ideally ever, but it's just like a, you hear, you hear a lot of stories about guys that run pro two when they maybe shouldn't have, or don't, didn't have the support yeah. and, you know, take on a lot of debt because of it. And it's like, well, I don't know. You could stay at a more amateur level and still have a lot of fun and not have any debt from it, which is kind of more my style so far. Um, you know, you know I, from my understanding, it's not as expensive as people think. It's mostly, um, at least like the entry fees aren't like dramatic yeah. change. It's uh, more of like a logistics thing. Yeah. It, and you know what, for, for us here in Canada, or at least in Alberta, it's absolutely logistical because, man, I... All four of their rounds this year are southeastern U.S. Like, that's that's so, so far from us. That's, like, Florida is, like, a 40-plus-hour drive, I think. So it's just, uh, you can't do it. Well, I mean, you, you could, but it's, you really need to have backing behind you, whether that's, like, personal money or sponsorship stuff. But you really need to have a proper program to get there and have it go well. Yeah, and the, I know uh, my dumbass will be one of those people that'll just go to see what happens. With yeah, like, and with I, like I'm me and my girlfriend, because no one yeah, else fucking and you comes can out. Do that too. Like if if you just want to go there to run and see how you stack up, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you gotta have like Either. a super yeah. reliable car and. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not like I would never want to drive an FD or anything like that or never want to be in pro two, but I'm just more realistic in that I don't want to take on a ton of debt just to go do it when I have a lot of fun just on the pad here every Thursday night with all my friends. Right. Like, yeah, we like, honestly, we have such a, a tight knit group between some of us. It's just so fun when we go out there and we have a good Thursday night where we get, you know, 20 runs in plus it's awesome. Like you running tandem with everyone and, it's a good fun night. You can run up close and kill some tires. 
it's a good time. Definitely. Yeah. But. Um, and one other tip I would have for people getting into it is, oh, that's not my uh, dog. That's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he seems okay now. Um, the what I kind of learned from the Cressida there is uh, spending the money once is kind of a nice idea. So like maybe buying a part that's a little nicer or like something that's going to future proof your car a little bit, which is what I've done with my E46, wherever I can, like I've tried to more or less build it to uh, where the parts that are on it are pro two spec or it could be yeah. right. Aside from, you know, the motor, like, so if you put a blower on the motor, you'd probably be in the right horsepower range. You would, I would have to go, well, maybe not would have to, but, would probably want a winters and upgraded axles and that would probably be my next steps or at least to build an 8. it to 8. that level yeah an 8.8 would work as well something something like that right just a little a little more beefy rear end to handle you know 600 wheel or something like that yeah but I, like i have the transmission behind it and i know that ls motor is kind of what i want to be running and all the stuff i've been doing is you know well obviously within pro-am spec which is within uh, pro two and pro more or less you just need to add things when you go there but i've just been future proofing the car wherever i can essentially so that i might spend another you know 100 200 300 bucks here but i'm not going to have to spend 700 later to get the right thing you know what i mean yeah yeah because it's like with the Cressida, I bought a cheaper clutch that was or a cheaper setup that was, I don't know, say 500 bucks or something is what I put into it. And I killed it within like Spokane and two rounds of drifting and drifting on the pads. So like within a month and a half and it was dead. So I had to go and spend the like 1200 bucks or whatever, 1500 for a full like flywheel and a spec clutch anyways. So it was like, well that was a waste of money for that other clutch beforehand. So just make sure you're, you know, putting quality stuff on that is going to last you is kind of where I come from anyways. Yeah. Um, shit. Sorry. Uh, no what, what did you finish in last year? I didn't, uh, I, as far as standings or yeah. Uh, not great because basically I only made it to top 16 in two out of four rounds. The other ones I didn't qualify because yeah, um, yeah. we either crashed or broke in practice. It's probably like, I don't know, 20 something or something like that. Oh, we don't not have enough sure. people in our series for me to go that low. So I got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's why this year, you know, I want to qualify at every event at least. And hopefully win a few battles, get into some top eights. And then for for Wouldn't anybody who's listening, kind of like who who wants to get into like you know people like myself, for instance, like I went to an FD event and I was like, fuck, I want to do this. You know, what's like yeah. your recommendation for those people like that who want to compete and want to get to FD? What what would you recommend? Get yourself a cheap car and get out there and start drifting. Yeah, as long like, as it's not a two forty, right? Whatever you can afford. If it's a two forty, oh. whatever. But they're expensive now. Honestly, my, I mean, I'm obviously partial to BMWs now. And after, I personally believe they're, you know, the best uh, chassis as far as the starter chassis and taking you all the way to, you know, a pro tour or a pro level currently, the E46 or the 36s as well. They're very similar. Um, so I would say, you know, get a 325 or a 330 ideally because you get a little bit bigger motor and the, uh, 
the rear end is a bit beefier for and you know just weld the diff and go out there and have fun like, like yeah. find some local events like find some local stuff to drive at and see if you even like it and to, and to if you ha- go go ahead no go ahead nope. that's pretty well done yeah no, I um yeah no it was like if if you've never drifted before and you say you want to you know be a pro drifter like start start low i guess is all i'm saying like i i wish that i would have just started in a bmw to be honest because i would after driving one you realize how well it drives yeah well even just after driving it this first time it felt awesome but just but now now question how much how much of a difference on this car is that that is set up um like let's as far as aftermarket support did you have in your previous cars Oh, in the Cressida, you had nothing. So that's okay, another so, thing too. Okay, is so choose something that has a lot of aftermarket. That's support. what I wanted. That's what I wanted. It depending, to I mean, it really depends. If you're if you're a guy who wants to be in the garage and you know tinkering with stuff and welding up kits and stuff, that's fine. If you want to have a cool chassis, then but just be aware of what you're getting yourself into because it's going to be a lot of work. He's not wrong to <laughs> to put in. You not know, not wrong to build all your own parts and your own kit, and it's yeah. gonna, you're going to learn a lot. And that's pretty sweet that you can build your own stuff. But yeah, and that's something I also it's going to take a lot. Yeah, for sure. And that's something I also want to touch base on. Like, a, like for me, for instance, like I don't, yeah. I don't want to just be like the best driver. I think kind of everybody wants to be the best. Like I at least, or everyone wants to give somebody the best at least a run for their money, um, at minimum to see where they stack yeah. up. Uh, but I also want to be a good builder, a better builder. Like I want to learn from my mistakes. And I think absolutely. The, I think yeah. the, the best advice I could give anybody is I did my car alone in my garage and I had nobody and I mean not a single soul to tell me no. Yeah. Um that's that and just as much as that can be a bad thing it'd be a good thing too. Um at least for sure. At least for me like I always thought that like you know if no one's going to tell you no then you know no one no one's teaching you something no one's you're going to learn from your own mistakes and you're going to learn the hard way and i think that's kind of like a the lessons that are best taught is the hard way from my personal experience yeah no that's that's reasonable um i tend to take it a little easier on the fabrication side and stuff like that just as far as like roll cages and stuff go because it's to me it's ultimately like a safety device so yeah i want something someone who definitely knows what they're doing to be building that for me um but how but are you? I think how are you ever gonna learn how to or get better at it if you're not doing it, making those mistakes yourself? Yeah. So I think my next one. Well, what I chose to do is I had a uh, actually another one of my sponsors here, Two J Auto, which is a local fabrication shop. Did my cage, um, and it did a phenomenal job on it. But uh, it to me it, it came down to more of a time crunch than uh, skill level. Like I haven't built a cage before, but. Uh, Being an engineer and everything, I think I could figure it out and make something that's halfway decent. Uh, But it came down to being a time crunch, so I chose to get him to make the cage, and then me and a different friend have made the tube front now, so we bent up some tube and stuff like that, right? So kind of trade it off, and I'm learning on the tube front, you know, how to kind of get your bends right and figure out stuff like that on something that's less critical than a roll cage, so that for next time, I might actually consider doing the roll cage if I have time, you know? Yeah. That's just personally how I've been doing it, but. But 
Um, did you have any more Instagram questions? Because it's uh, we're um, cutting, we're cutting into some yeah, time. we're getting pretty. Yeah, I got I, I, not to cut you off, but I do have to. I do have to finish my car in seven days, so I gotta at least. Yeah, night. no kidding. It's it's about to it's about to be nine thirty, and I gotta get my engine wired up tonight and still edit oh, this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, got, I have I'll, to have things, certain things done by every day. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I was going to talk about just one more thing as far as budget goes. Uh-huh. Um, like I'm a huge planner, so I plan everything down to like it where possible, like nut and bolt almost kind of accuracy, like uh, just to get your budget like as accurate as possible. And I found that even doing that, being very thoughtful and planned out, I've still uh, you know, blown my budget by like 15 to 20%. So that being said, like you kind of have to be careful with that. Like if you're, if you're going to start and build an entire new car over a winter or something like that, mm-hmm. I guess it's a bit different for you guys. Cause you have a, I mean, you're doing this right now, but, uh, like you have, your seasons are a bit different, but for us, it's basically like winter and then drift season, um, or like build season and then driving season. Um, That's but yeah, like have. even what just, <laughs> even just doing a, a catch can for me, it's like, okay, well I, you know, I put, put this much money towards buying a catch can, but then I didn't exactly put in that I was going to do AN lines or something like that. Right. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, well now you have another hundred dollars added on cause you're going to do some AN lines and get those welded onto your, your, uh, valve covers and stuff like that. Or, um, the radiator, because it's like, okay, well, I budgeted for rad and fans, but it's like, okay, well, actually, I need relays to wire those fans and radiator hoses, which is a bit more money, right? Mm-hmm. Just stuff that you don't really account for. So I think for me anyways, I kind of will do a budget and add like 15% to everything from now on, depending on what it is. But, you know, kind of helps you uh, buffer it out Yeah, so definitely. that you don't run out of money and then can't finish your car for whatever reason right dude i've been out of money for like six months <laughs> me too with uh with this thing but it's I, just i get you know pay. i get paid and i'm just like bye <laughs> yeah yeah i know that feeling all too well so it's yeah. it's fucking rough um yeah but that's a good that's a good point to that's just that's just some personal stuff i've kind of learned and thought of and don't um, be in a fucking hurry yep that helps as well but hey man but yeah uh, that that was uh all the questions i had anyways so oh see i know you gotta get going yeah i do man uh thank you for understanding though um but hey man thank you for coming on the show um i'm really I really enjoyed your show. Uh, at least you have having you as a guest, rather. Um, for sure. And I hope to hope to see where you stand at the end of the season. Are you're going for like a Pro Two setup, aren't you? Or no? Well, sort of. I kind of wanted to build it at a Pro Two level, except for horsepower. Yeah. And yeah. no quick change or like stronger end. That was that was basically my goal. Um, so that you know, if I, if I decide to build it up more in the future, I won't have to do a whole lot hey, aside from add power. What gear ratio are you running in the rear? <laughs> so, uh, I had a 293 diff in there for the uh, demo, which put my first gear at like 65 miles an hour. It's fucking which trash, was a little right? Bit long. It was a little bit long. Dude, so I'm it's gonna put terrible. my I'm gonna put my 346 in. I had it. Then it was great. It'll be decent. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Also, by the way, if you want to know, uh, the X3 diff fits. Oh. The three ninety. The X3 diff. The three ninety one. So you pop out Ooh. the you pop out the inserts and you oh shit it may not work for you since you're running a three thirty. Um, there. No, the the axle the axle flanges are the same. Okay, but the, the, dri- the drive so. shaft you may have to adjust. Um, since you have the oh, okay. since you have the three thirty, you have the six bolt, right? Uh, axles or drive shaft? The drive shaft. No, it's still four bolt. Oh shit! It is. Then you're good. Uh, yeah. Well, I kind of have a weird setup. Like then I'm running a, then I'm running good. like a 325 diff, so it has that. But with the 330 axles, the axles have the same did bolt just, pattern. Did as you the change the pinion flange or the insert? No, no. I just didn't use the diff out of the 330 because it had that weird flange. It had that six bolt thing. I know what you're talking about now. Or maybe it was four bolt. I don't know. Okay. It was weird anyways. But just look online and then apparently okay. you pop those inserts out, like from the X3, and then you pop in the ones from the diff you have now. Like the, the hub shafts or correct. Correct. Um, okay. like mine. Oh is, yeah, those are easy. I've mine is a already. mine is a complete diff. one piece. Like so I don't bolt yeah. up to that. Yeah. Like on the, the Cadillac. Huh. Um, but the BMW ones, you could actually just pop those out and pop the new ones okay. in. There's like a complete oh, form. Okay. I'll, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, and it's I it, think, and that's an X3. You said so, correct? Like SUV. And I don't know exactly which years, but I know it's around the same, um, this, the same era. So, I okay. want to say like the first generation X3s, because I I know they yeah. didn't, they didn't come out during same that. years probably. Yeah, you got like ex- a similar year exactly. Kind of deal. Yeah. Or, or like uh, the cool. later the later models of the first generation x3 yeah because i actually do the oh, same the, yeah the more you know a two nine or a 390 diff would be pretty sweet yeah so i actually have like a three i think a 346 will be really good but having the option for I, a 390 my, might be okay good. uh just an example like mine i was in third gear probably i want to say around 80 miles an hour hitting the uh, yeah. bank yeah um and still had room yeah, no, that sounds about right. And, and like that's the, at Irwindo. Yeah. So that's just for, you know, food for thought. Um, but yeah. I know, like, like even in my car, we have the same, we have a similar thing where I actually yeah. grabbed a Cadillac SRX dick. <laughs> dick. Okay. <laughs> a Cadillac <laughs> SRX diff um, yeah. with a 391 in it. And all I did was yep. I transferred the diff over, I changed the pinion flange for to sure. the CTSV, and then I popped my LSD in there. That's it. So it's it's like a similar setup. So like I remember that as soon as I uh, I know about it. But look online on Google. There's like so much information on. Okay. I was being so. Yeah, che- I haven't. I've never heard of the X3 swap. Yeah, that, I was that's being a good one for sure like, for 390. Uh, the diff is smaller. Just a heads up. So when you get oh, it and you're okay. like, oh, what the hell? The diff is just smaller, so but it does work. Okay. So it's a smaller ring gear, probably. I don't think it's a smaller ring gear. I think the the diff housing the is just designed, oh, okay. or the casing rather, is okay. just designed differently. I, anyways, I'll I'll look into that. Yeah. that's a, that's a good option. Thanks. Yeah. But uh, thank you, man, again for coming on. Uh, hey, no problem. Thanks for having. And me. then, uh, how can people find you on Instagram and if you have a Facebook racing? Uh, page so there? I don't have a Facebook set up for my drifting yet, but on Instagram you can find me at ch poly. So c h p o l l y um that's my handle uh yeah no follow me and if you like dog box stuff and lse 46s there's a lot of info there so <laughs> yeah I definitely mean, yeah but um thank you man and then uh, hey no you, problem thank you me. have a good night man 
Yeah, you as well. Good All luck right. with your uh, your wiring and stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. See ya. Bye. All right. Bye. And that's our show with Christopher Pollard. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, again, my name is Gerald Hernandez, and this is Drifting Pro-Am. Um, I do want to give a bit of an update for everybody that has been listening, and I've been trying to get my car prepared for LS Fest West. Um, if I do not finish in time, uh, this is just a heads up. I do have one week to finish and actually test my car. Um, and it, as you've heard on the show already, that I don't have any driving time in between the last time I drove in the BMW and I actually wrecked at Irwindale. And between now and a completely new car, um, I may just sit LS Fest West out uh, just to kind of better prepare myself. And I may just use that money that I was going to go to Vegas with, you know, because lodging is expensive and the commute there. Um, I may use that money to compete in Just Drift Round 1. And I, if anybody's ever listened to the first episode, I've kind of... Uh, I, I had mentioned how I didn't like Just Drift. Or at least there were certain, you know, aspects of Just Drift that I didn't like. And then in a later episode, I kind of touched base on it again. Um, but if I do, I think, uh, I'm ready for that challenge of just that just drift has to offer even in a new chassis, but I will be trying to get some seat time. And I believe their first round is the week is, I think it's going to be like three weeks from now. Um, let me double check my calendar just to be safe. And, and I believe it's May 18th, May 18th and 19th. So I'll probably do that if LS Fest doesn't work out. Um, but if it does, cool. I'll be in Vegas next weekend. Uh, and just one more thing next weekend on the episode, we're going to have Andrew Atala on. Um, uh, I've made some comments of how in the past I have kind of helped someone with, no, I didn't help him with this program. I, I basically changed tires for him one season and, uh, it kind of gave me a perspective on how he ran his program and then I kind of learned from that things I didn't like that he did. And, you know, that doesn't mean I don't like the guy, obviously. We're still friends. Um, but there, there's just certain things that, you know, even if you, let's just say you're getting into drifting and, and you're learning how these guys do things, um, there's going to be things that they do in within their program that you're not going to like and you're not going to do and you're going to change that when you run yours. So just, just be mindful of that. Uh, but I'll have Andrew on next week, and Andrew's like a super cool dude. Um I have him on. He 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 drives a uh, wide body LS6 with an LS1 and a T56 in it. Um, but he, yeah, he's got he usually he's got a lot going on in his car, so he'll have a lot to say. Um, and I've actually never sat down and talked to him about how he got into drifting. So what'll be kind of cool is that you'll actually get like a genuine. Um, conversation because these are things I actually don't know because I've never cared to ask him. Um, not to sound like an asshole, but you know, it's it's at least it'll be authentic and, or, and an organic thing where you hear me asking him these questions. But uh, thank you everybody again for listening, and I hope you guys have a good night.